Welcome to the Curiosity Crisis. We challenge ourselves to explore the world of business, tech, investing, and science. Get curious and be part of the journey as we discuss, challenge, and learn. So today we're actually doing a how to make a podcast episode. So it's a bit of fun and obviously we're only at episode nine, but we didn't want to wait till, you know, potentially other podcasts get to hundreds of episodes and then none of the uh, interesting and and useful tips of how to start um, are relevant anymore because, you you know, they might have resources and big studios and, and all that sort of stuff. And a lot of it is actually, you know, from the learnings that we've gone through, um, particularly Luke, this is his second podcast. So I know we've learned a lot from the journey and picking up things, you know, has been a lot easier for me uh, learning from Luke's experience. So yeah, we think that it'll be, you know, applicable through more than just this media. You could apply this to other things as well, some of the learnings. Yeah, absolutely. For example, like, you know, starting blogs or other little initiatives that you're trying to run yourself. Mm. And we thought we'd go through some of the physical stuff um, and the workflow of making a podcast. So hopefully if you're just curious, it's interesting. But if you also wanted to start a podcast, hopefully it helps because I know it definitely did help me. So Mm. Lukey, how are you feeling? Really good. Yeah, I think it's going to be another good one. I think it'll be informative. And yeah, there's definitely a lot of learnings to, uh, to go through. So yeah. Yeah, plenty, plenty to count. Do you want to start us off by uh, letting us know what's keeping you curious? Yeah, so this week, OpenAI had their first dev day, which is pretty interesting. Um, so they went through a bunch of different things that they're looking at for developers. They have like a copyright protection, which is pretty cool. They have uh, a new chat GPT for Turbo, so it's faster and API access to that. Um, a lot of really cool things. And also... Elon Musk's X.ai released uh, Grok, which is going to be their LLM. And I'm just curious to see how they'll all stack up against each other. Obviously, I'm a developer. I, I use their OpenAI, uh, their API. So, yeah, it's just interesting. Um, I'll be really interested to see how they perform. And just, yeah, I don't know. Just innovation in the space is always good. So, yeah. What about yeah, you? Yeah, that's cool. It sounds like, you know, and a lot of these these are heavyweights and there's going to be a lot of, you know, smarts and, and new tech out there. So, it's just going to could just keep blowing us out of the water and mm. keep building on building, which is epic. Um, I am particularly interested at the moment in sort of the build out times and the lead times of a lot of new technologies. I was listening to another podcast actually recently and they just sort of waved off modular nuclear reactors saying, you know, they're a myth and they're so long, they're so far away. But I'm just thinking, uh, like I was sort of thinking about, you know, the whole energy transition and, and what needs to happen. And I'd love to see like a like an analysis or a breakdown of, you know, the most promising or particularly ideal solutions to all the different, you know, sub problems as part of the, the net zero problem. And um, how far away some of these ideal technologies are projected to be. Um, and mm. then, you know, just sort of try and understand what the difference of that is between, you know, having just getting on with the job and, and installing a lot of the technologies we have ready today versus is it worth, you know, pumping a lot of money and, and research and development into commercializing these more ideal solutions, um, you know, in five, 10 years down the track, because they'll actually make a lot more strides a lot quicker when they're ready. So mm. yeah, it's, it's just kind of interesting. I'm kind of curious to not, you know, wave off technologies just saying, oh yeah, they're not ready yet because, you know, maybe they, they need the funding and the, the energy to get ready and the, the effort. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, just as a bit of a comment on that, at least I've always found that predictions on things coming to fruition usually end up being longer than expected and things Mm -hmm. that we think are further away than, you know, we often think things are also further away than they are. So 
yeah, I don't know. I think we're, we're very inaccurate at predicting the future, especially when it comes to technologies. Yeah, I suppose, well, the only thing that, you know, you're guaranteed with a model or a, or a prediction is is you're wrong, but just not by how much. And ideally, you want to <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. tighten that down. But anyway, um, all right, mate, well, let's let's get straight into it. Mm. The first one is, is not really a technical question, but more um, just looking at the concept, like what inspired you to, to start a podcast? So this is your second. You've done two now. Yeah. Um, where, where are the origins? The first one came about during COVID. Uh, where me and another software engineering mate were, were just chatting and, and we just decided we had a lot of time on our hands and it was best to, you know, occupy that with something productive. So kind of just came about, um, which is funny because it's not really something that we talked about heaps previously. It kind of came out pretty spontaneously and then, yeah, just decided let's do it and then just, all right, let's chip away the things that we have to achieve. Yeah, nice. Actually, I might jump on the second one. I think the second one was, you know, when your old co-host Isaac and you were going to sort of wrap up the first one. Um, and then you asked me if I wanted to jump on. And I was already sort of thinking that I'd love to do something sort of in the space because at that time I was writing a lot on my blog and mm. I was writing sort of around the same space, around investing and, and new ideas that I'd had. So when that opportunity came through, I was like, yeah, goddamn, sounds like a perfect sort of of marriage of the two and I was, I was keen yeah. to get involved. And to be fair, you also had a little bit to do with it already because Isaac and I talked to you about your thesis around electric vehicle uptake. And so I guess you had a bit of exposure to it as well. Yeah, true, 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 true. So for this one, why don't you, why don't we start on the content side? How do we create content? How do you come up with ideas and, and, and themes mm. for the podcast? Yeah, so I guess the first thing is to establish, you know, what are you aiming to do? So what is it that you're going for to try and discuss? And then you brainstorm from there that fits into what you've decided on. So whether you decide on something really niche mm. um, or in our case, we've gone a little bit broader. Mm. Some listeners may have realized that curiosity is a bit of a uh, theme here. So, you know, it's a bit broader, but that means you need to decide what fits in and what is kind of aligned with the future of it, I guess. So for us, you know, we've sat down and talked about what we want to do. But in the previous one that we did, we would do more like time sensitive things. So whether it was a more of like a news topic or something, so something really relevant within that, you know, the next few weeks or something. Yeah. 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 I think uh, with this one as well, like we, we sort of talked about like, you know, stuff that we have uh, in common and have shared interests in and passions and mm. stuff like that and sort of built out around those themes that, you know, we already have, we already do um, reading and just are particularly interested in, in, in certain fields. So let's, mm. let's dive a bit deeper into those and explore like the laterals of those. And, uh, you know, as it turned out, we already knew that because because we just used to chat so much, just not not on air, um, that there was a lot that was going to cross over. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I guess, you know, something that we've kind of gone with here is we want to be the short form of long form. Mm. What we mean by that is, you know, in, in general, this medium is very long form and we want to try and condense that and, and add as much value as possible within a, a shorter amount of time. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of adding value, let's talk uh, the physicals. Um, what is your recording setup like and, and how have you developed it? Yeah, it's, it's pretty bare bones. And initially we kind of sat down and said, okay, well, what do we 100% need? And that was, okay, we need a microphone. So mm. that, that was a good start. And after that, we were like, okay, we, we need a camera too. So we've got both of those things. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, you know, all the software that we use is free um, mm. and... 
yeah, I mean, there, there wasn't really anything that we added besides that. That was just the, the bare bones startup and I'm still using the same mic, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we, we're remote, so we jump on a call and do it. So personally, I have two laptops going, but you just have the one set up. And then because we're mm. ch- chatting on that, then we can record it individually on ours. Mm. Yeah, we'll get into that that sort of production process a little bit later. So recording episodes, well, we do it you know, sometimes in batches and sometimes individually. It just depends on, I suppose, the topics and, and what we're ready for at the time and how we want the, the yep. pipeline to come out. During a... Uh, podcast recording and i think you i'd be interested to to hear how you used to do it Mm. when we make mistakes uh did you used to just roll with it or how did you do it yeah it was it was definitely a slow process to begin with something else to note was that we did all of the editing ourselves and we actually used ableton which if anyone knows is a composition software it's not intended for that at all but Mm. basically we would uh sometimes we'd stop and sometimes we'd be like okay we need to we need to like redo that and and sometimes we'd run with it but the editing process was we would go through and we were you know extremely meticulous at finding every error and getting rid of it and one of the downsides that is that you just lose the flow a bit Mm. and so one advantage is it sounds really clean but it doesn't necessarily sound authentic Mm. Um, and then we discovered that a bit later and then so we we started to ease up a little bit on what we were cutting uh, but yeah, have you found anything with with ours? Well, I yeah, I, initially I probably got pretty pretty nervous before it and like had to really be meticulously uh, prepared and and sort of noted out mm. as to what we wanted to talk about and I need to have myself there. But now with the editing process, that I know that we can sort of just flow with it and it sounds better anyway if we're just having a a chat. Mm. And then you can edit out any actual proper issues. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I found it really, you know, it's a lot easier now that we've done a few and I realize that, you know, you just roll with it and then you can yeah. edit as needed. It's very reassuring to know that a mistake doesn't ruin it. Absolutely. Once you realize that, it's a lot easier. <laughs> Otherwise, we wouldn't have got past episode one. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> um, so we use OBS as our software and you yep. knew how to particularly set it up for recording mm. and obviously we re- refined it a little bit. But can you tell you know everyone about the, the techniques that you, know, you sort of set us up with through like audio quality and stuff? Yeah, so I mean, I knew that it existed mainly because of I guess streaming really, which I actually haven't done. I don't really know how I knew about it. Mm. Um, maybe it was Isaac who knew about it. But either way, the main thing that we discovered was uh, the requirement of a noise gate is very useful. Mm. And we still haven't dove super deep into adding compression or anything, but that was really, really good. And all it really is, is that anything below a certain decibel range will get cut. And that's the main thing because it, it removes background noise. Yeah. So at the moment, I'm tapping the table lightly and I'm not sure if that's going to come up. But then what we'll get past the, the noise gate is if I like, hit the table yeah. a lot harder. So um, yeah. yeah, that's just to sort of illustrate it. Cool. Well, moving on, once we have recorded, what do we do for editing? Yeah, so currently we have someone who does it for us, which is super useful in terms of time efficiency. And mm-hmm. then there's a few other things. So there's a distribution of it, which in our case, we use something called Buzzsprout, mm-hmm. which is a, a service which lets you distribute to a bunch of directories. Um, but our, our main one is, yeah, is definitely Spotify. And yeah, I mean, other than that, we add all the necessary things to that in terms of a description and anything else that's required. And then we mm. we kind of look at the promotional front, I guess. Yeah. So 
Well, one thing I've definitely learned out of it is like, you know, one thing that probably was a barrier to entry for me to do any of this, and that's why I just started with a blog, which is very easy, is that um, I was like, oh, I don't know how to edit. It's going to be a lot of time and effort. And then, for example, um, the music um, that we start and end episodes with, but the beautiful thing is, I suppose, in this day and age in gig economy, um, you know, we were able to get any of that done. For example, on Upwork, we found Asma, shout out Asma, who edits our episodes. And then you've got a friend to produce the music for the start and end. So yep. you can, you don't have to know it all, really, I suppose, yeah. which is one of the big learnings for me. Yeah, for sure. Leverage the people around you is definitely very useful. So that came in with, yeah, that composition side, which was really useful. And then... Yeah, obviously, Asma is fantastic. She actually did our first one, Isaac and I. She helped us out. And then, yeah, now we're using her again. So she's fantastic. And then in terms of one of my favorite things about this podcast is that artwork. Uh, how yeah. do you know how to get that done? Yeah, that was, it was the same. It was uh, part of the gig economy. Um, found someone that was able to sketch something out, hand draw it, and then really add some, some depth to it. And I think it was two or three iterations, I think. And we were stoked yeah. with it. So, yeah. Yeah, and th- and that was on Fiverr. So yeah. to to even start it up before, so we didn't have to do everything. We had we used Fiverr, Upwork, um, Buzzsprout, and all of it. It was just super super clean, super easy. Um, yeah, pieced together really well, actually. Yeah, mm, absolutely. Now, obviously, you know we're we're pretty junior, pretty early on at the moment, but you mm. know working on building that presence and stuff. Um, what's the initial plans in terms of promoting podcasts? Because obviously we can get it on onto Spotify, but then beyond there you know what what have you done previously in your Mm. in your last one and what are we doing now so previously we worked on posts and we would do a detailed description of each topic associated with the post Mm. but one of the downsides to that was the the difficulty of summarizing some of the things that we're covering Mm. so i remember there was one week that we did um like physics nobel prize winners and it was (laughs) it was so much reading to try and understand enough to then be able to summarize it so that Someone could, you know, read like a paragraph and get the gist of it. It was incredibly difficult. And so um, we've kind of moved away from that now. And yeah, I guess now we're looking mainly at LinkedIn and Instagram. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just sharing, you know, sort of relevant content and then ideally getting eyes on it, but being able to, you know, get get the juice out of the squeeze that you sort of put into the podcast and sharing it initially. Yeah, exactly. This is actually definitely an interesting one. And this is... This is broader. So obviously you said at the start, we're not just talking about podcasts, but like anything you do outside of work, your day-to-day sort of grind. Mm. Sustainability, like how do you balance your podcasting with your life and your, mm. and your other work? Obviously you did it with the last potty and, and you got some lessons out of that. Um, yeah. yeah. How are you finding it? Yeah. So I think that was a big learning curve on the first one for sure, especially when it came to doing all the editing ourselves. Uh, that was quite time consuming. Mm in addition to trying to do all the content and i guess something else that we found was you know what we're doing now is trying to deep dive into things that we already know have extensive knowledge on right and i guess Mm. the challenge doesn't disappear but it moves so now Mm. your new challenge is trying to convey something to you know whether it's in layman's terms or whatever in a concise and Mm. interesting interesting way but still being like time considerate So I guess there's advantages and disadvantages to both. But I also think that it's better to start infrequently and then to ramp up rather than do the opposite. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's, uh, I can definitely agree to the last couple of points there. Like, you know, we're consciously scheduling it to make it, you know, ideally 
easily fit into the rest of our life, but obviously it is extra effort. Mm, Nobody mm. creates something or makes a podcast if they can't be bothered. I think what I've found is once you find your flow and once we've gotten into it, the workflow per episode just feels much smoother mm. and it's getting better and I think it will continue to get better, um, mm. albeit you know, new challenges come along the way. And then the other thing is just like, you know, if you want to do it, if you're passionate and interested, which obviously we are, and have, like, have a bit of fun with it, that makes it easy and, and easy to spend the time on it. So Yeah, you definitely um, have to try and enjoy it. But at the same time, if you think that there's going to be little to no effort involved, I don't think you fully understand <laughs> what, you're, what you're getting into. Absolutely. The other thing is like also doing it with a mate is so much better. Yeah. When I was before this, I was, you know, uh, writing a blog outside of work and just like um, trying to put my interest in, and passion and stuff into that and my thinking into that. But it felt mm. like much more of a, a slog and a grind when I was just, you know, slogging away at night and stuff like that. But mm. this is just like we get to chat and hang out and like bounce ideas off. And then we're like, oh, we could we could record that, which is pretty cool. It's actually... It's kind of funny. It's like the the power of a co-founder. It's like yeah. how uh, like YC don't let anyone in if you don't have a, mm. a co-founder. It's like in this case, you still get all the benefits where it's like whether, you know, someone's, you know, not as committed at, at a certain time mm. or whatever, then the other person mm. can carry and then and it goes, mm. you know, switches between. Um, but it also just makes it more enjoyable. So, yeah. Yeah, like I mean, I'm going to Nepal for a month, and you're you're gonna to have to carry the ship. But we've done a lot of work to prep for that, so yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of fun. Um, all right, we'll sort of get to wrapping up. Um, this is this is pretty interesting. What challenges, like challenges and lessons learned? So what it, what challenges have you faced? Obviously, the first one, big learning curve. This one, definitely a learning curve for me as well. What are the big ones that, that have stood out to you? I think. The initial thing, one of the biggest, was that there wasn't really a playbook to follow. Like mm. we didn't have, you know, something that was like, follow these steps and then this is the end product. We didn't really know. So we had to figure out, okay, well, what do we actually need to do? And then after that, what do we need to do after that? And so everything it was all uncharted territory. Mm. So that was one thing that made this significantly easier was it was like, okay, well, we kind of have a bit of an initial playbook anyway. Yeah. But then, yeah, I think the other thing is definitely consistency is, is tough, especially yeah. if you want to ramp up as well. It's really tough. But yeah, I mean, I think those would be the two standout ones to me. Do you yeah. have anything? Absolutely. I, could, I think the unexpected stuff was if I was doing this myself or, mm. you know, again, like, like what you and Isaac did in the first one, completely new I would have been so lost, mate. Like I, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have had any of the any of the gear and like the software recording, the editing, the um, production, the um, distribution, all that sort of stuff. There's no necessary guide on it, and I'm like, mm. you know, that's why we're doing the episode because you know, if anyone else wants to have a crack or just yeah. you know starting something like that, there is a lot of unknowns, and if you're completely swimming through it yourself, it's pretty hard for sure. Yeah, but for sure, it's definitely helped. So yeah. All right, well, uh, wrapping up, looking to the future. Um, this is, I'm very keen to, to be able to ask this question. But uh, if, if you're the pod, yep. what do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah, it's, I, it's a great question. I love <laughs> it. Um, I think we've talked about it before, which is the Minto Pyramid Principle. Yeah, absolutely. Essentially, you know, it's flipping things on its head. So it's mm. the most value, the most important first. Mm. I think that's what we want. Mm-hmm. And then it's to get that across to the to the largest audience possible about what we think is the most important stuff. I think that would be it for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think what, uh, just two things reflecting on what you've said today is that I love is the respecting people's time. So, you know, mm-hmm. knowing that 
if you're, if you're trying to do a commute length podcast, people don't want to listen to, you know, an hour and a half necessarily if you're trying to educate on a topic or whatever. Um, mm. So, I Or think at least not regularly. Exactly, exactly. Mm. Um, mm. So having that respect and, yeah, giving that value early doing the short, long-form content. Uh, mm. But for me, the most exciting is picking other people's brains. So getting curious about yep. what other people are experts on yep. and getting them on. So hopefully this is a um, little teaser. Might be a little bit of a hint, yeah. Yeah, very, very excited. Um, anyway, mate, I think that's really all we have time for unless you have anything else. No, that's that's perfect. Awesome. Well, thanks for, for listening. Find us at curiositycrisis.com and the Curiosity Crisis on Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, we're on the major streaming services, so you can listen how you like. If you got anything out of this episode or if you had a bit of fun, you're curious, um, please uh, send it to a friend. Your recommendation is always worth a lot. But other than that, thanks and uh, catch you on the next episode, Lukey. Thank you. Cheers.